So I have three children. My middle son, his name is Crosby. He's three years old. Crosby has two heroes in his life. Don Vandermeer and Larry Gillum. <laughs> Thought I was going to say me and Meg, right? And I wish I could say that. But no, it's Don Vandermeer and Larry Gillum. And maybe you get an idea why. And I think I may have mentioned this to you before. Crosby gets no greater joy than when Larry or Don come over to do the churchyard. He watches them. He asks a million questions, usually to us, and sometimes when he works up his courage to Don and Larry. Crosby wants to be like Don and Larry. You may see he's wearing gloves, like Larry and Don wears gloves. He's wearing a hat. You may know this about Crosby if you've ever known him. He wears a hat more often than he doesn't. Really, the only time he doesn't wear a hat is in the bath, because he even sleeps with his hat on. And why does he wear a hat? Because Don and Larry wear hats. Why does he have headphones on? Well, Don, when he mows, he has these big old earmuffs, right, to protect his hearing. And so that's his headphones. And you see he has a little toy weed whacker there. Well, it's not just that. When we're inside the house, he'll use anything as if it's a tool. He's used a vacuum hose as a a leaf blower quite frequently around the house. Crosby really wants to be like Don and Larry. So he's learning about them. He asks questions about them. He watches them. He studies them. And then he does what they do. He imitates them. You should see his long lines. My goodness. He has this little John Deere tractor that he rides. And he loves, his, one of his favorite things is to, where am I oriented? Come out by the church sign. And he goes up and around perfectly and then back. And then he avoids the little lip by the tree without falling. And it, it's amazing. If I could safely put a blade on his mower, I would. And you would join your team. Crosby wants to be like the guys. And in his earnest desire to be like these guys, we have a potent example for how we are called to live as we were created to become more like Christ, to learn more about Christ, to study Christ through reading his word, to have a relationship with him where we can navigate life with him and ask him questions and and communicate with him through prayer to imitating him in our own way of life. Today we're in week four of our Driven series, where we're discussing and reclaiming our purpose for our life, where today's focus is on that purpose that we were created to become more like Christ. So Crosby wants to be like Don and Larry. I love Don and Larry. I want to be like Don and Larry too. But I also know Don and Larry, and I know their heart, and I know their desires, and I know they want to be more like the one that I also want to be like. The perfect one. Uh, the one that I'm guessing you want to be like, too. The one who's the very best to ever live. The most loving, the most kind, the greatest teacher, the perfect human, our Savior, our King, and our Lord, our God. I want to be more like Jesus Christ. And this is the incredible thing. God, who is completely holy, 
He is completely beyond us. He became like us. He became human, allowing us to have a tangible example to see him and to know him and, in effect, to be able to learn to be like him. I want to be more like Jesus. And so we're talking about spiritual growth today, but the first question we have to ask is the basic question. Do you want to be more like Jesus? Do you want to be more like Jesus? Now, in our journey of faith, we know our salvation is the work of God. And our growth, while it's not our work, it is dependent on our willingness to grow. God will not force us to grow. He deeply desires it. He asks it of us. He expects it of us, but he won't force us. We know God's given us free will. Have you ever tried to force another person to become a better person? How'd that go? It doesn't go well. There has to be a willingness, a desire. I desperately want to be more like Jesus. And the more I learn about him, the more that I love him. And the more I love him, the more I want to live like him and for him. And the more I live like Jesus, the more I want to lead others to come to know and love Jesus. And for the savvy listeners out there, you would have heard love, live, lead. That's our motto here. That is our desire as a church community, to live into this mission as our church, that we are called to live and love, and lead like Jesus. The fancy word for becoming more like Jesus is called sanctification. It's the process of becoming more like Christ. And I would say, when asked, do you want to be like Jesus, almost all of us would say, yeah, I do want to be more like Jesus. But how do we actually go about that? So let's be reminded again of this beautiful purpose You were created to be more like Christ. And you can actually grow to be more like him. So as we talk about spiritual growth, let's first acknowledge it is not our own work. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that makes us more like Christ. See, we can't do that on our own power. God accepts our willingness as clearance for him to do the work that only he can do. See what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. For the Lord is the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Freedom comes... From the God who longs for us to be like him. There is no greater freedom than to submit to the spirit who will make us more like Christ. This is what I call a kingdom contradiction. That we are most free through submission. That doesn't make sense in the world. You, you, You don't submit to someone and experience freedom in this world. You usually lose your freedom when you submit. But in the kingdom of God, because... When we put God first, the intended order of the creator king is restored and we experience life as he intended it to be. Sin chains us, but the spirit 
frees us. So in a world filled with people longing to understand who they are meant to be, we have freedom and we have clarity for we know we are meant to be more like the one who created us. To be more like Jesus, we need a desire to be more like him. And we need to acknowledge that it doesn't happen on our own power, but only through the work of the Holy Spirit. But we also have to realize that we do indeed have a very active part to play in our lifelong quest for becoming more like Christ. Because it is our work to submit ourselves to the Spirit. In fact, you could, you could even say the primary work of our spiritual growth is positioning ourselves, putting ourselves in a position to allow God to do what God is going to do, to give him the open invitation he longs for to do his transforming work in your life. It's kind of like a quarterback for the football fans out there, like the American football fans out there. I would say the lesser football out there. <laughs> Fighting words, right? I like soccer more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I said it. I said it. In the fine land of America, I like soccer more. Fighting words. But it's like a quarterback. The quarterback is ready and willing and waiting to throw to us if we're the wide receiver, right? He is just ready and waiting. He longs to throw the ball to us. It is our work to get ourselves open, to be in a position to receive from the one who will give us that ball so that we can take it and go. See, submitting to God is to let him do his work and his will in you. And that is a gift because it comes from our good God. But man, if I'm honest, when I look at my own life, and maybe when you look at your own life, if we're viewing God as the quarterback, then we can sometimes feel like a wide receiver from the Detroit Lions. Maybe we struggle at running our routes. Or maybe we get distracted by loud noises. Or maybe we forget what game we're playing. Or maybe we just simply lack the effort. Look at what it says in James. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate. And that the spirit he has a place, excuse me, and that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And God gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So what are we to do? Submit yourselves before God. To resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Positioning ourselves means knowing who our God is. It means knowing what he is capable of. It means knowing he will hit the target Every time we know what he's like so that we might earnestly seek to be more like him. And as we submit, and as we come close to him, his word assures us that he comes closer to us. 
And he is the one, he alone is the one that transforms us and cleanses us as we reflect his image and his light in the world. I forgot my little flashlight today, but do you recall some months back when I shone that light? Jesus Christ is the light of the world, but he also says later that you are the light of the world. You are called to reflect the God-given light into this community. So the question for us to consider, are you in position? Are you in position to allow the Spirit to do the Spirit's work in your life? We admit and we know this is a lifelong journey, a journey where we will never reach perfection this side of heaven. So the question is, are you in position? Chances are there's something or some way in which something's blocking us. Maybe it's a lack of desire. Maybe it's a a lack of obedience. Perhaps it's unhealthy rhythms or disciplines. Or maybe it's an ongoing persistent sin. Maybe you love God, but you don't know your Savior. You need to study Him more and walk with Him more and know Him more. Do you commune with him? Do you walk with him? Do you have a hunger to learn about him? For all of us, the encouragement is to take one small step of faith today, trusting and believing that God will bless your act of faithfulness. One small step of faith today. See, it's the Spirit's work to make us more like Christ and But God first asks that we submit to him so that he can do what he's going to do. But it does take our effort, doesn't it? Something the lions don't know a lot about. It takes effort. Secret ingredient. It takes effort to get in the right place, to be positioned. It takes effort to get ourselves out of the way in our quest to be more like Christ. This is not unfamiliar to the authors of God's word, how God spoke through the human authors of this book. In fact, the New Testament says eight times to make every effort discussing our growth toward becoming more like Jesus. We're going to look at one of those. Let's look at 2 Peter together. Peter wrote this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, To goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So what does this tell us? First, that we have been cleansed from our past sins if we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Praise God. What else does it tell us? Well, it kind of gives us some categories of growth, some marks of a Christian. Peter is imploring that we first have faith 
as our foundation. Okay, you say, it says, add to your faith. Your faith is there. That is solid. You add to it goodness. So you work on adding good in your own life and into the world. To add knowledge, to learn about Christ, to learn about what it means to be a son and daughter. And to, to practice self-control. That can be hard. And through that, we learn that we need perseverance. And through that perseverance, we realize that we are called to godliness. That if we're going to be like Christ, we have to seek to get the junk out and to strive to be more and more like him through godliness. And as we do that, we realize that Jesus Christ did not live in isolation. He lived with a mutual affection for those around him. That includes people you disagree with. That includes people you're mad with. That you still, what's the next one? Love as Christ first loved us. We see that this is how we're called to live our lives. And this little passage provides a helpful guide on some tangible ways we can grow and and focus on these areas. And so my encouragement is if one of those kind of hits you in the gut, that's the one to pay attention to at this season in your life. To dig in and ask God to do a work in you in that space. Because this is a lifelong journey. Elsewhere it talks about the Christian life as a race. And you don't train for a race by simply sitting on the crouch. You train for a race by putting in the work. You don't grow by claiming you want to and then doing nothing. No, to grow, we make every effort to grow our faith by putting on the character of Christ as Peter is encouraging us to. To revisit the questions we've raised this morning. First, do you have a desire to be more like Christ? Next, how do you feel compelled to submit again to him and let the Spirit do the Spirit's work in you? Are you making every effort, as far as it is up to you, to seek to be like Jesus. And finally, admittedly, these are some challenging questions. These are hard for us to wrestle with and come to terms with. So it's my, I implore us all to cover yourself with a heavy dose of grace. We often unintentionally make spiritual growth feel like it's a duty. Like we have to check these things off that we have to and that it, that it is hard and it hurts. And yes, it is hard and sometimes it does hurt. Kind of like we're approaching it like it's school or something. But I'd like us to be reminded again, think again about Crosby, okay? Think about Crosby. He has so much joy learning to be like his heroes. He has so much joy. It's not an obligation for him to watch Don and Larry Moe. It's a joy for him to watch. It's not an obligation for him to sit down and ask me question after question after question about how to mow when a three-year-old just can't get it. It's a joy for him to ask those questions. It's not an obligation for him to change the way he dresses because he wants to be just like Don and Larry. It is a joy 
for him to put his hat on every morning and every night and every minute in between. In our quest to grow more into Christ-likeness, may we all embrace that same childlike wonder. Do not rid yourself of the joy of growing closer to God. Do not rid yourself of that joy. Because there's no greater joy than growing closer to Him, to learning more about Him, to longing and desiring to be like Him. And when we mess up, His grace is sufficient. His forgiveness is without end, and it is here for you. And we know we cannot be what we don't know. But what a gift that to know Jesus is to know love. It's to know peace. It's to know joy. It's to know hope. It's to know life. And it's the Spirit's work in you. You simply need to be in position and to submit once more to his life-changing work. And we do that knowing there is abundant grace for the journey. So today, once more, we reclaim that we will give our everything to him. Not out of obligation or duty, but out of joy. Because Jesus Christ gave everything for us. And that is what we celebrate at this table. We remember that Jesus Christ gave his everything for you and for me. That he left heaven. He left the heavenly realms to enter the broken world to show us how to live and to show us the depth of his love. So we will live like Jesus. And Jesus loved us to the very end of his earthly breath, sacrificing everything he was so that we might experience his love forever. So once more we claim we will love like Jesus. Jesus was willing to go anywhere and do anything in order to do the Father's will. So once more we claim we will lead like Jesus. For we are joyfully invited to give our everything to the one who gave everything for us. We remember that night that Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this body, this bread is my body that is broken completely for you. Take and eat of it, and remember me. We do so knowing that the bread which we break represents the body of Christ that was given fully and completely for you and for me. And we remember that after they finished their dinner, he took the cup and he said, Take and drink. This cup is my blood poured out completely for you. This cup which we drink represents the blood of Christ which was poured out to the very last drop. This meal, the Lord's Supper, 
It is a sign and seal of God's everlasting love for you and for me. It's an invitation to remember who we are and who we, whose we are. And it's a call to once again love, live, and lead like Jesus Christ. If you long to be like Jesus Christ, if you are truly sorry for your sins, if you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are welcome at this feast. Let us pray, and then we'll give some instruction, invite the elders up, and go forward from there. Let's join our hearts. Almighty and everlasting God, we give you thanks this day for this feast before us. We give you thanks for your life and your death and your resurrection. That you took our very sin upon your shoulders and you buried it in the ground so that we might have a path back to you. And that we might experience your love and fullness for all eternity. And all you ask is simply for us to admit that we are fallen, that we sin, and that you are good and loving and just, that you are Lord and Savior. So God, we reclaim that again today. We're called back to the very beginning of our steps of faith, saying, God, I love you and I want to be like you. So we thank you today for your work of salvation in and through our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we can come before you with all of our sin, all of our hurt, all of our pain, and all of our shame, and lay it before you to cast our cares on you and to draw closer to you once more, trusting and believing that your work on the cross sealed our forgiveness once and for all. We praise you for that profound truth. As we partake of this meal, God, may your spirit do a work within us as you call us back to you once more. Thank you for your love, your sacrifice, for your grace that is without end. It's in your name, Jesus' name, that has all authority in heaven and earth that we pray and all God's people say, Amen.